Welcome, Mavs Nation, to another episode of Mavs Cast, the Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks podcast. This is your host again, Hope Kisayan, on Twitter at H O V O K Y O S, and the show Twitter at Ethos Mavs. And I'm coming back after yesterday's preview show to talk about last night's season opener against the Mavs. It was a tough loss. Um, tough loss where the Mavs gave up the lead. Uh, we'll talk about what are some of the things that happened there. We'll talk about what this means for uh, the season outlook going forward. Some of the good, some of the bad, and uh, how I think the Mavs will bounce back in the next game. So we all know the storylines that were going into this game. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, chiefly among those was the last time these two teams met, which was the last uh, meaningful game that we've seen the Suns play, uh, where they got blown out by the Mavericks in Game 7 of the playoffs, of course, in this, you know, same stadium at home. So it was definitely an important game for the Suns, not only because of that, but because of Everything else that happened in offseason with Robert Sarver, their owner, that whole saga, DeAndre Ayton, the multiple uh, storylines with him, uh, as well as Jay Crowder, as well as the embarrassing preseason loss to the Australian team and all of that. So, um, so yeah, there were, there were a lot of eyes on the Suns. This was a nationally televised game on ESPN. So a lot of people caught this game on a very packed uh, second day of NBA action. Um, and, you know, for, for a while, through two-plus quarters, it was looking very similar, if not the same, to how Game 7 went. And surely there are a lot of people bashing the Suns, praising the Mavs, uh, you know, after that first half. Sort of you know, even-ish third quarter as well, um, especially with Christian Wood actually just showcasing his offensive ability. But the fourth quarter, it's like the worries just came back. Like, are the Suns going to crawl back? Last season, you know, a large part of their very successful NBA league-leading regular season record came off of their ability to win close games, ability to close against either teams that were a trap or teams that are, are fellow contenders uh, that that they just kept pulling out wins at a disproportional rate, you know, late in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, a lot of the questions came, uh, of course, you know, more so after their playoff failures. But is this a team that just got like really lucky in what was still a COVID year um, and just pulled out some of these wins, right? Well, they showed some of that again uh, last night in, in coming back from this. However, it wasn't a lot of CP3 involved um, and definitely not in that fourth quarter. So, so what sort of happened there? Um, starting off with 
the first quarter, uh, you know, Mavs defense was actually pretty suffocating. Uh, there were a couple plays where they allowed some easy baskets, but it wasn't to, to Devin Booker or CP3. Uh, right from the get-go, Dorian Finney-Smith was, was pressing CP3 pretty much from full court, playing him very hard on defense, giving him a hard time, uh, exactly what I like to see. Um, and then they were playing Booker even harder than that. They were doubling Booker. They were they were having, for example, Travail McGee come all the way from the paint out to the elbow to get a double on Booker anytime he touched a ball and then have to recover back. Um, now, one thing I did notice with Travail there um, on, on that particular play where he went out to the elbow to... Um, uh, to double Booker is he didn't really recover very well uh, once the pass was made inside in the paint. And that's really where the Mavs allowed too many points here is in the paint. I think they were trying to shut down the three a lot. That's something that helped the Suns a lot last year, obviously, but to the detriment of, you know, allowing too much in the paint. And the Mavs started out, you know, pretty much you know healthily dominating on the rebounds in the first half even though uh in the pre-second quarter uh coaches interview uh Jason Kidd highlighted rebounding 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 um that didn't really last cuz later in the game that that was what was one of the things that was missing that sort of killed them um but yeah so i, I talked about Javel McGee uh Javel had um had started the game they Mavs had the starting lineup that uh that I mentioned in the last episode which was the same starting lineup that we heard on media day um uh, with Christian Wood coming off the bench JaVale starting the Bang Bros starting Dylan and uh Reggie and then um and then you had uh you know both the guards Spencer Dinwiddie and and Luca starting uh, you had Tim Hardaway Jr. come off the bench as well as Christian Wood. Maxi was, in fact, active for this game, and he played. Josh Reen was um, was the other Mav that got uh, that got minutes in this one. So we only had nine Mavericks uh, get playing time. Uh, the least of which was actually JaVale McGee, starter. Uh, only had 14 minutes against his his previous team. There are a couple reasons for that. One of which he wasn't playing that well for what uh, the Mavericks need JaVale to do um, they were just allowing too many points there but also they were allowing even more points when JaVale wasn't there uh, guarding the paint so I think that was an interesting decision by Coach Kidd I don't know if it's something that uh, sort of came to fruition because of how the game was going because of how JaVale was performing and also because of how Wood was performing because Wood was pretty much center uh this whole game there were there were parts of the game where uh maxi and wood were both on the floor and maxi was playing more of the center on defense um but i don't believe there are any minutes with both wood and mcgee on the floor at the same time so um pretty much assume like christian wood was the center the whole time there was obviously some some times where Kleba was the center on certain plays uh, because of how it was switched or maybe even because of how it was designed. But regardless of that fact, um, 
you know, Christian Wood playing well, even though he didn't get that many minutes. He only got 24 minutes while Maxi got 26 minutes. Um, and it was Maxi in, in closing time when actually it was the biggest worry um, for the Mavs, like the only part of the game where you actually felt like the Suns could pass them, and they did. Um, so those are all, you know, interesting things to point out because if you add up Dreville and, and, and Wood's minutes, you have 38 minutes, right? So there was 10 minutes with neither of them on the floor, which I'm not too surprised that's going to happen. But, you know, what is this team going to do against interior threats? And is it is it planned by Jason Kidd to start JaVale McGee, factually start JaVale McGee, but not play him starters minutes at all? Which is a thing that I had been saying all offseason. I don't think JaVale should be consistently getting 20-plus minutes a game. Uh, I don't think it should happen against you know, in important games, like in the playoffs, for example, uh, in the regular season, you do uh, tend to play uh, these sort of more traditional centers more uh, than you do in the playoffs, uh, especially particularly when you have a matchup that um, that does not favor those traditional centers, um, like the Warriors, right? Um, but speaking of traditional centers, Dwight Powell did not get any minutes uh, last night. Uh, Jaden Hardy didn't get any minutes last night. Uh, Frank Nilakina was was out, as I had mentioned. Bertans was also out. Um, but the other, you know, other players that didn't get minutes were Theo Pinson, uh, doing his doing his usual sh- sort of skirting the lines on that new rule um, on the sidelines, as well as McKinley Wright um, was on the roster uh, tonight, um, but uh, also did not play. But Interesting to note. So Dwight Powell, is him not going to get minutes? Not getting minutes is is that something that's going to carry on uh, for the rest of the season? Now, the Suns were playing a lot of Landell uh, at center. They also had uh, Biombo come into the game, but since they don't have Travell anymore, they're not playing too many backup center minutes um, uh, behind Aiton. That didn't go to Landell, who is sort of. A different kind of center and I think he did pretty well compared to what you expect out of him but the Mavs got to do better um, at, at the center position offensively and defensively now offensively Christian Wood was not playing like a center he was all over the court he is dribbling like a point guard he's driving like a point guard he's putting up shots from anywhere like he's you know DeRozan combined with I don't know Luca <laughs> you know some some parts of parts of this game especially third quarter um Wood was putting out on a clinic um from the field at least right uh he had 16 straight points at some point for the Mavs and he was just showcasing everything in his bag uh his passing was really really strong um you know, either either out of drives or out of the post or even, you know, swing pass to him and immediate pass, you know, like bullet pass into the key, um, you know, to either Maxi or, or or someone else in the paint. So that's what I really loved uh, seeing from, from Christian. However, 
he was just absolutely brutal at the line. Uh, normally, you'd love to see 10 attempted free throws from from a big, well, from from a big with the offensive, you know, ability of, of Christian Wood. There was some concern about his free throw percentage uh, from his last two years on the Rockets, uh, sub 70%. Um, it is something that even you know, drafting him in, in fantasy basketball, he's, you know, a lot of people avoided him as a free throw percent anchor because he was projected to get around four attempts per game, which is pretty high off the, off the bench as an average. Um, but shoot them at less than 70% is, is a big anchor. And, you know, in, in real basketball terms, um, yeah, sure. He's, he's getting to the line which is better than just missing the shot and not getting a foul call. But three of 10 from the line is terrible. It will not be that bad. Uh, obviously, Christian would realizes it. He has to admit to it. That's just something that's too big not to ignore, um, that you miss seven out of 10 free throws and the team loses by two points. So, yeah, if he goes seven for 10, even if he goes... Sorry, if he goes 6 for 10, which is still below his average and is still a abysmal free throw percentage, um, the Mavs win this game. Obviously, it's different because the game would have played out a little different, but just something to think about. If he just went 6 of 10 for in the line, the Mavs would have had enough points to win this game. Um, so that's obviously something they have to fix. It's, a, it's worrying that it comes out of the offseason on a new team with this but I think we see enough improvement in the other areas um, where he's just got to work on this throughout the season he's got basically until the playoffs to uh, to correct this because I think the Mavs are going to be just fine in the regular season from what I saw from Wood from what I saw from from Tim coming back he Tim didn't have a, a great game but he he's he's going to get back to it Tim's him Tim's Tim Tim's him um, I, I, I still really like Maxi on this team as well. I think I think this rotation is very strong. Now Josh Green didn't do much. Um, he had zero field goal attempts actually. There was there were uh, a couple times where you know he was doing what we saw in the preseason, diving for loose balls, playing very aggressive defense. He did get only one steal, but he also got a block. Um, and he initiated. Um, a few fast breaks, but he didn't get any shot of, shots of his own outside of uh, two free throws, um, and he hit one of them. So definitely want to see more from Josh Green, who played 17 minutes here. Um, definitely, definitely want to see more from him. So it'll be interesting when um, you know when Frank is back in the lineup, uh, what that looks like, and then you know based on Josh Green's play, you know when does Jaden Hardy start getting minutes? Uh, because he should get minutes at at some point in this regular season, uh, it'll just be interesting to see, you know, when Jason Kidd starts to uh, to test out uh, the young rookie. Um, outside of that, uh, Luca Luca was being Luca, um, thirty five points with a uh, nine rebounds and six assists, also throwing a steal over there, um, but. He was only two for 10 from three point range, including missing the game winner, which was his like 
swaggy three-pointer that if that went in that was making every highlight um on the night on on, on a night with um where zion williamson dominated where john morant had acrobatics that you know sent them to overtime against the knicks uh if luca hit that three at the end the way he shook off his defender and just tossed it up in luca fashion and and just hit the rim but it was a it was a very far three-point attempt um if he makes that Mavs are winning that's making the top of every highlight for the night um so I'm I'm not too worried about that now there were parts of this game where I wanted to see Luca getting more involved he did seed the ball a lot to to Christian Wood now Christian Wood was cooking in that third quarter as I mentioned so Letting him carry the offense is something that we've talked about that this team needs. Christian Wood might be that third ball handler that we're talking about, right? We don't need too much more ball handling, uh, you know, past Dinwiddie. But I think Christian Wood could provide it enough. Now, he provides it in a different way, obviously. But I did sort of like to see, you know, the success of Christian Wood uh, if Luka is not going to dominate the ball, you know, you know, less fatigue for Luca. Maybe have him play better on the defensive end as a result of it. But um, there were still parts of it where it's like Luca has a lot riding on this game. The fans in in Phoenix were out for him. They hated Luca, booing him, just heckling him all game. There were shirts, like very insulting, like T-shirts that people were wearing in in the stands about Luca. It's like. You just got dominated by this guy. Like, there is no room to talk for the Phoenix fans after what happened in, you know, in the playoff series. But they were still, they were still talking. They were still chirping. So, one of the things that I disliked about, you know, not just this loss, but in the manner in which the Mavericks lost and and gave up that large lead, where it seemed like at halftime, people were having flashbacks to, uh, to the beatdown in Game Seven. the Suns fans are thrilled right now just the fact that you know that happened to the Mavericks and that happened to you know on Luka's watch essentially even though Luka played very well you can't expect that same performance um, in every game so you know not to downplay it uh, but you know some more of the good Luka hit 13 out of 13 free throws so I'm not really taking anything away from Luca on the offensive end from that. He 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 played outstanding. It's just all those shots can't always go in, or else this guy is like the second coming of Jordan. Like forget LeBron, forget Magic. This guy would be the second coming of Jordan if all those shots went in, right? Um, but defensively for Luca, uh, there were a lot of parts of this game where Luca was just simply not a deterrent on the defensive end at all. Um, he was doing this thing where he, he covers the key, um, often while, you know, the rest of the team defends on the perimeter. Uh, so he exerts less energy. You know, he's doing the thing that Kobe did later in his career that LeBron's doing later in his career. Um, but not, not nearly as effective as even those guys in their, in their old age. Um, just like standing in the key making sure nothing you know nothing goes inside but things were still going inside uh he was not challenging things 
that come into the key. It's like he was trying not to foul, trying not to get injured or, or whatever it was. But uh, there was one play where uh, Christian Wood was doubling Booker. I mentioned, you know, how often they're how often and how aggressive they were doubling Booker. Um, Christian Wood went out to nearly three point line to to double Booker, and then he came all the way back down uh, after the pass was made to the other side of the court to the baseline to challenge a shot when Luca was standing in the key the entire time, and he made it there before Luca even started to challenge uh, challenge that player. So, and it was not successful. Sometimes Christian Wood's going to block that, but Luca's got to step up in that case, at least like present an opportunity for a charge or something right or at least slow him down enough so that to give wood more time that he has a better chance of making that block if the shot's going to go up anyway right um so yeah i mean i definitely want to see more from luca defensively we all know he has the ability now as long as he has the stamina like we we, we want to see more from him uh defensively um, especially in, in an important game like this. And the team actually, uh, multiple people from the team um, admitted this, uh, including Christian and Luca, that um, that they sort of got complacent. They took their foot off the gas a little bit uh, with a lead that they had. Um, now let's just hope that that's, you know, that's something that they learned from after the first time. And it's not something that they have to keep making an excuse for throughout this season because the West is going to be tough. The West is going to be tough. Like we know the Nuggets lost to the Jazz in a shocker of game. They were down by like 20, like pretty early on in the game. It wasn't like a comeback win by the Jazz or anything. It was actually the Nuggets that actually put on uh, an effort to come back and, and they just couldn't do it. They lost by more than d- double digits still. Um to that depleted jazz team so we know anything can happen but for me personally the the nuggets were still were and i think are still um the team that i expect to have the best record in the west just because of uh their team build a very offensive team that you know it's a setup that that tends to do very well in the regular season um they're not my pick for the championship um but, you know, that's just one of the teams that you have to win games against, uh, you know, to get a high seed in this Western Conference. Um, the Lakers, there, there's a lot of things wrong with the Lakers, but we have to remember that they were facing the Warriors um, on ring night. And it was a it was a game where the Warriors shots were, were clicking, the, the, the defense was clicking. Lakers did well for... You know, against this Warriors team, I, I I know they need to get rid of Westbrook. I know they need to get shooters, but the Lakers are going to be a team that are going to be fighting for playoff position with the Mavericks. The Timberwolves are going to be a team that are going to be fighting for playoff position with the Mavericks. All of these teams, the Grizzlies look good. The Pelicans look great. Um, now the Nets don't look too good, but the Pelicans looked great against the Nets. Um, so. It, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Maybe maybe the Trailblazers aren't going to be as strong as we thought, but that's something that I could definitely see towards 
the end of the season that the Mavs and the Blazers are, are fighting for position. Who's going to get sixth? Who's going to get seventh? Or maybe the Blazers are a team that the Mavs need to play in to play in. If the Mavs get like seventh seed and Blazers get 10th and uh, stuff like that. So it, it's going to be tough. Um, so, you know, can't get, can't keep getting complacent like this. And with a game as quote-unquote meaningful as this it shouldn't have happened now i think it meant a lot more to the suns than it did to the mavs um and the positives from it were the suns are still a very very talented team off the court to have issues or you know some of their intangibles right doubling devin booker really got to him uh playing chris paul hard really got to him they recovered from it or at least booker did Aiton stepped up big. Now, Aiton was actually a very large reason why why the Mavs lost this game. They just couldn't stop him down there uh, towards the end of the game. There was, like, no deterrence there. Maxi was was doing what he can, but he was he was getting dominated physically down there. And there was no JaVale um, for, for much of that time. So these are, these are all things to think about. Um... Now, Christian Wood did not play in the fourth quarter. I wonder if that's something where uh, Kid benched him, maybe for his defense, lack of rebounding, or maybe free throw shooting. Um, But also, Chris Paul didn't play much in the fourth quarter either. For much of that comeback, it was Cameron Payne at point guard, and in a surprise, Damian Lee as a superhero for the Suns, um, now Devin Booker played really well um, in the fourth quarter too. He he got up to twenty eight points, I believe. Yeah, twenty eight points. Devin Booker played over forty minutes in this game. Um, he didn't start out that great because the Mavs were doing a great job pressing him, and it's something that I called out bef- in 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 the preview game. Um, you know, he doesn't like getting doubled. He doesn't like too much pressure. He will beat up on teams that let him beat them up. But if you fight back, you have a good chance of putting Devin Booker in, in a tough situation. And they did for a while, but then he started killing them after that. And particularly, you know, nine assists as well. So he started, you know, embracing more of a role of, okay, if I'm getting doubled, uh, you know, I'm gonna pass out and 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 see how well this Mavs team rotates, and they didn't rotate too well. Um, so that's that's part of the concern. But this is a great team, regardless. Chris Paul, 30 minutes, as I mentioned, you know, he wasn't there in in, in much of that comeback time, um, and only six points. But this is how good this team is. That they could have Chris Paul have a night like that, and. Booker and Aiton step up. Michael Bridges was uh, was was one of the players who was trying his hardest this game. He he was trying hard on Luca, but Luca had some ridiculous like magician um, moves on on Bridges, and Bridges couldn't really stop Luca. But he was definitely trying um, on the offensive end as well. Um, he did a few good things on offense for them. Uh, even though he didn't knock down any three-pointers, but he was aggressive uh, to the basket a few times. But um, Luka juked him out of his shoes a couple times. 
some really, really good highlights there. So because of those things that I see, I'm not too worried about this Mavs team. I think a lot of the negatives that we saw are things that are going to be corrected. We're going to, we're going to see improvements. Um, but yeah, just, just keep going with it. Um, let's see. Talking about the next game. The next game is going to be against the Grizzlies. Uh, John Morant looking great, but he always has a great season opener. Uh, the last few years, he's averaging close to 40 points a game on his season openers. And this one against the Mavs last night, um, he had this unbelievable hang time, scoop, acrobatic layup uh, to send the game into overtime where... Um, you know, former Mav, uh, Jalen Brunson, uh, challenged it towards the end, but, but Jaw was able to, uh, you know, to get that shot in and send them to overtime. Um, Jaw's looking great. Um, Dylan Brooks was out for them. Uh, we'll see if he's going to play this next game. Uh, if he does, that's another, you know, you know, strong defender. He might be someone that, that they put on Luca. um, but the Grizzlies are a good team, so it's very possible that the Mavs start out 0-2. But I think if they did do a lot of the the things that they did in this game, um, it's a game that they can they can win against the Grizzlies that they lost against the Suns. Um, we didn't see too many threes. Now there's they had actually right around the same amount of free throws as they did three point attempts in this game, and I've heard people say that's a good thing and that's a bad thing. Um, you know, the Mavs game is to win off threes, but also you don't want to rely on threes. If you could get this sort of lead without having such a high number of threes, you'll take that every time. Uh, and I tend to agree with that part of it. So it'll be interesting to see if, if the Mavs can keep that going. And of course, Christian Wood will be a big part of that. Um, so we'll see how it goes against the Grizzlies. Um, not having to worry about Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, is one thing they do have Santi Aldama who's who's been playing well uh, in the preseason and, and had a good game uh, last night I think he led the team in minutes uh, but I think Christian Wood should be able to cook him again uh, keep using heavy heavy usage of Christian Wood let's see if it's a if it's a Tim Hardaway or Spencer Dinwiddie game um, and just go with the hot hand there the Mavericks rotation is so flexible now that that they could keep playing who's playing well. So I, I think Kid's going to do a good job managing that in the long term. It might be a little rough with the newer players and the returning, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, to, to sort of get things figured out as well as some some of the younger players on the team. But um, I, I, I think they'll figure it out as it goes on. So I'll have another uh, episode after that game and we'll talk about some of those adjustments there. Uh, Alright, Mavs Nation, so keep your heads down after this one. Try to go one and one.